One of the ways. Hi everyone, welcome to Manager IQ's Manager Skills Corner podcast. Manager IQ's mission is to provide an online space where managers can access all the resources, learnings, and tools to build their manager toolkit, and also to provide you with a community of managers to lean on. This podcast is designed to bring experts in specific areas of management to share their knowledge and experience with the Manager IQ community. We share tips and tricks which you can implement into your management practice. For more information about Manager IQ and our products, check out our website www.manageriq.com. Now, let's check out today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to part two of the Difficult Conversations um, episode of our Manager Skills Corner podcast with Gail Page. Gail is fantastic. If you listen to part one, you'll know that she is very passionate in this area and has got a lot of authentic information and experience to share. So we're going to get back into the um, second part of the session, which we're going to talk about how can a manager assess how well they're having conversations, what is the structure a manager can follow, and any barriers and challenges worth mentioning um, that a manager can try and overcome as well. So let's get started into the part two of this episode. So when we're thinking about managers who are sitting here listening to this conversation, is there there a way that they can, you know, I guess, take stock around how are they doing in this area at the minute? You know, like how can they self-assess, you know, how well they're they're stepping into having difficult conversations? One other thing is about checking the physiology. So I know that if I'm going into conversation and I get either butterflies in my stomach or um, my throat gets a bit dry or um, I feel a bit sweat in my forehead. I think to myself, OK, I, I need to step back and not go into that conversation just yet. And it's about being very, very clear, as I said earlier, about the outcome that we want. Check on your outcome that you want and then work backwards from there. And also looking at, you know, there may be the potential for either you or the other person to have emotions come up. And that's okay too. You know, being able to say to somebody, you know, I find I'm getting a, a bit frustrated here and I'm not quite sure what that's about. I just needed to share that with you because I just want to take a breath. Most people would go, yeah, fair enough. So it, it's it's about being being prepared. It's about looking at what do you want the outcome to be. It's about making sure that you create a safe space for the conversation to take place. It's about being confident that you are doing everything in your power to be respectful, even if the other person starts pushing your buttons. Because remember, they're our buttons. And if they're getting pushed, we're obviously showing somebody that that's what pushes our buttons. Yeah. And it's also about being able to recognize that we won't always have agreement. And that's okay. That's okay. As long as each person has been heard and been understood and you leave the door open for further conversations. That's the main thing. Yeah, sorry, I had myself on mute there and I was like, oh, because I, I keep on going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want it to kind of um, distract our listeners. So uh, agreeing on a lot that you say there. And I do think it's quite interesting because 
you know, when I reflect on my role as a leader and as a manager, you know, I can look back and say, how many times did I actually step into the conversation? And like, even like if a manager is listening to this right now, is like, is there something that you've avoided even in the last week? Mm-hmm. You know, and then, or is there some some sort of behavior that niggles at you or that people are talking about that mm-hmm. hasn't been managed, you know, or, you know, is there a slight performance correction that needs to happen that you've been avoiding because, you know, you're, you're don't, no one wants to upset people, you know, like no one wants to um, offend people, whatever the word is. And I guess that can give you a bit of a gauge around, do I need to be stepping up and, you know, that, that sounds terrible, stepping up, but like I need to be stepping in, I guess, maybe to, to more of these conversations so that I can um, one role model what it's like because that's the, the the best thing about a manager you're there to role model these good behaviors um but also i am taking it seriously that you know that i need to course correct people that's going to so that we can have a positive impact on our culture and a positive inca- impact on how we deliver our outcomes or whatever it is um therefore let's 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 start to you know actively having these conversations more frequently and i do suspect that if you've got um you know a culture of everyone providing feedback that sounds like it's such a big word but really it's the same thing is what we're talking about here is um giving people a bit of an overview around you know um you know, I experienced that you interrupted me a few times in that last conversation, you know, on that last presentation. For me, that meant that I lost my train of thought and da, 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 you know, and I felt like maybe you weren't respecting the process um, or whatever it might be. And then let's say, let's have a chat around, you know, like how we can maybe do that bit better, whatever the example is. But once again, that was uncomfortable. You experienced something that was uncomfortable, but you took the um, maybe you're being uh, what's the word? I'll say it took the initiative to actually just move forward, but move forward in a positive way that that person is going to learn as well. And you yeah. stepped into the conversation. And you can also, you know, say to the person, I want to have a chat with you. And I feel a bit uncomfortable about it, but because I value our relationship so much, I've chosen to bring this this matter up. You're telling that person that you value the relationship. And the other thing, you know, the manager doesn't have to do this all by themselves. I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, having a coach, although I'm very good, actually. However, <laughs> what I'm talking about is, you know, the manager can bring it to the team and say, hey, do you know, one of the things that I want to work on with you is how we're going to build a, a really, really open culture here, healthy relationships. And one of the things that I know you've all probably experienced at some time in your lives is dealing with X, Y, and Z. So you could you could get people to write on post-its things that crop up that they find difficult to deal with. And it'll be different for everybody. You know, some things that you feel really easy talking about, other people might think, oh my God, no. Yeah, because we're all so different. And then you, you can bring it to the table once a week, once a fortnight, say, okay, right, let's let's work on this. What kind of feelings do you think might crop up if somebody talks over you in a meeting? And get everybody to write that down and then say to them, how would you feel comfortable dealing with this? Or how would you want somebody to bring it up with you? That way you're not pointing out individuals. Everybody's working on this together. And I use that a lot when I'm working with teams. And I, I mean, I've been briefed on all the behaviours that have been going on. And I, I had one woman come up to me afterwards and say, 
you know something? Four of those situations you talked about, I've been involved in them. And I've gone, you're joking. And she, no, seriously. I said, well, I did tell you at the beginning that I would be bringing in situations that you have all seen, you've all been part of, and what have you. And she went, it was so interesting because they were all working on it as a team. And also the person who was struggling with it was able to work on it as part of the team. And I tell you what, people learn so well like that. And everything that goes on in a, on in a team normally that can create discord or can threaten the health of the relationships gets discussed. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, we used to do like we did a bit of a reset every year. We wanted to make sure that we're continuing to evolve our culture because, you know, things change, you know, people change and um, expectations change and so forth. And we used to have post-it notes, like you said, and we'd say, OK, um, what are what are the things that you love about our culture that we've had? If you, you know, if, obviously, if you've been in the team for a while and they would put an idea on a page and they put it into a yeah. bowl. And then you'd go, okay, now on the flip side, what are some of the things that you found a little bit more challenging or some of the behaviours that you've not enjoyed um, here? But also if there's other things in other organisations that you want to make sure recover, you know, so you want to try to future-proof things. And then what we do, we'd all be in a circle and someone would pick a, a note out of the bowl, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And, and then they would read it and then we would kind of talk it through. And then we would land, we kind of whittle it down, whittle it down to then kind of have our values and then the behaviours that support it. And then we'd kind of reinvigorate that and that would be our foundation. Mm. Um, for the rest of that year. So um, I think it's very similar to the exercise that you're talking about um, that, you know, I, I get the sense that if you have that good foundation, you're going to find it much easier because you're not only going to empower yourself, but you're also going to empower your team and give them the language and the ability to kind of course correct yeah. others, have these conversations to to mm -hmm. avoid something that's actually a little bit more difficult in the future. 100%. And because everybody is engaged, in building healthy relationships, if somebody comes up to you and says, I'd love to have a chat with you about what happened in the meeting. Can we just sort of, you know, go through it and look at what happened? I can share how I felt, you can tell me how you felt, and we can come up with a way forward for both of us. You know, I mean, who wouldn't want to be part of that kind of conversation rather than walking into weekly or, or fortnightly meetings, absolutely dreading it because you know that so-and-so is going to pick on you and you desperately want to find your voice, but you don't have the tools or the, the languaging to be able to speak your truth. And boy, do you feel disempowered. And that's where we end up getting a dis-ease. You know, the number of, I've got a book like this thick, so it's probably about an inch and a half thick, that has a list of just about every physical dis-ease you can get on this planet with the emotional component. It's incredible because people are not speaking up and speaking out. Their feelings are pushing them down into the cells of their being, and they've got it's got nowhere to go. That's why mm. so many people have indigestion and have bad guts. You know, a number of people who end up with ulcers because they haven't spoken up and out. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. And it's, I guess, you know, it's, it's different how it manifests itself for, you know, for its individual, I guess, per person. We're excited to announce that we have the Manager IQ's Mastering Management Program. This is a 12-week online program delivered online by subject matter experts. We believe that in 90 days, we can help you have a self-discovery exercise where you can understand where you're at right now in your management practice and where you need to be. We'll provide you with the skills that's going to help you build your toolkit that you can learn in the future. We'll also give you the ability to experiment in our management laboratories so that you can have the safe space to learn and embed all the different skills that you're learning throughout the program. We also want to make sure that you continue to grow and evolve by providing you with a peer support network through our Manager Mentor Hub community. We're so excited to bring this community and this program to life, and we can't wait to ensure that you have the capability, certainty, and confidence to be the manager that you want to be. So come along and join us. Information is on our website at www.manageriq.com. Um, but I guess if you were sitting down here, we wanted to give... I mean, I, th I don't know if this is going to be a hard thing to do, but like a structured way that manager can follow, like just have a difficult conversation. So step into it. The things that I'm hearing you say is ensure stress test how you're feeling at the time and make sure it's the right time for you, because if you're stepping into it and you're highly emotional, it's probably not the best time to have it. And that's what I glean from it. Um, mm -hmm. Prepare. Make sure that you prepare so that you have an outcome. Exactly. And then when you tackle the conversation. Make See sure that again, Gail? Atmosphere, so you make sure that you're somewhere where there is uh, confidentiality mm -hmm. and the seating arrangement is such that you're not sitting in an adversarial space. Listen actively to the other person. Do you know something? We humans have this habit of waiting for a space waiting for somebody to draw breath before we jump in me time me time whereas if we just zipped it and gave that person space to say what it is they needed to say and listen to understand and listen to connect then the conversations that we have would be so much more fulfilling yeah the other thing is Show empathy and choose your words wisely. You know, don't use combative language. And the other thing about showing empathy is if we say to someone, I can understand that this is quite difficult for you. And the person will go, oh, wow. He or she gets that. And the other thing as well, it's when somebody starts to get emotional. And I have met some professional tear, tear um, jerkers. So they will sit there and they will use their tears as ammunition to either derail a conversation in a team meeting or derail a conversation with the manager. Now, you know, I'm a big softy. And I hate seeing somebody in tears. The trouble is, one of the things that I've seen in, in uh, teams is if somebody starts to cry, someone will reach out and pat them on the hand or pat them on the shoulder. If you ever see someone sitting in your team doing it, please don't touch them. And I'll tell you the reason why. Because I got accused of being a hard-nosed itch with a bee or a bee with an itch. 
because I had stopped somebody from putting their arm around a person who was crying. And I know that that's how it looked. However, when we do that to comfort someone, we're doing it mainly for our own reasons. Because we find it uncomfortable and we feel the need to comfort the other person. But what actually happens is that we stop the other person from letting those tears out because the other person feels bad that they're making other people feel bad. And it's about allowing that person to let the tears come. Other people in, in, in workshops that I've been running and men in tears quite a lot, which I think is wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Just allow the person to let the emotion out and they then say to them, you know, what is it that you need most from me right now? And if they say, I need a hug, give them a hug if you're comfortable. Or I just need to sit with it. That's fine. Or I just want to move on. That's fine too. But it's about recognising that emotions will come up and that's okay. You can say to somebody, I notice that you, you know, that this, you seem quite distracted. Or I notice that you um, appear to be getting upset. What do you need from me right now? If they need space, take five minutes. Just make sure you go back to it. Otherwise, you will have tears all the time and you will get nowhere. <laughs> yeah, because they'll be like, oh, this is a great way of getting out of it. Yeah, exactly. That's right. So and you can also say to the, the other person, now you may be feeling A, B and C. If they're not, they will say, no, I'm not feeling A, B, and C, but I'm feeling X, Y, and Z. If you say you may be feeling A, B, and C, and they are, this, they think, wow, he or she gets me. This is great. And it will open up the conversation. Either way, you get more information. And it shows that you're showing empathy as well. One of the things as well, though, is Try and remain calm, but do not tell the other person to calm down because that is something that will fire them up. I watch the police do it all the time and I think, oh, no, don't tell them to calm down. Now you're wondering why they're kicking off. Yeah, anyway, who am I to tell a policeman what to do? Uh, but, yeah, try and, try and remain calm. And if you're not feeling calm, say to the other person, you know, I'm starting to feel agitated here, so I'm just going to step out for a couple of minutes and refocus. Before you finish, summarise the points discussed. Thank them for being so open. Focus on joint solutions and arrange a follow up to see where things are. I've actually written a little ebook called The Art of Navigating Difficult Conversations A Path to Understanding and Resolution. And it lays out the whole structure in a very simple way it's not long it's not arduous it's quite it's, it's quite enjoyable and it's very empowering fabulous we'll make sure we put a link to that on the um on the comments of the podcast so i appreciate that um a couple of things i like to pick out is i love the idea around the emotions both for the others you know the person that you're sharing you know the information with and, and yourself um, because I was talking um, with someone around emotional agility recently and they're talking about you need to get yourself into a position to respond, not react. You know, because once you react, 
you know, it's much different to you actually showing you showing up as the manager you want to be because you've taken that time to say step out of the conversation or sit with that person's emotion so that you can respond in a way that you um you would like to show up as a manager rather than just react and suddenly be like you're always like this or whatever it is you know like you know you you need to maintain that kind of equilibrium um yeah. so that you're able to do that so I like that tip in particular. And I think also if we if we notice that we're about to react that's when we take a breath because reactions come from the gut responses come from the head and you do not want to be reactive because it shows that you're you're losing control of your emotions and nobody wants a manager who's going to be doing that yes it's crikey everybody loses you know gets a bit hacked off or what have you in that but it's about making sure that that's the exception, not the norm. And I think for managers to be able to, for me to recognise when they're being triggered, and and sitting down with themselves and saying, okay, so what is it that that person seems to trigger within me, and working out how to deal with that. Yeah, when I'm coaching people, I I, I help them create a stress ladder. You know, looking at where they're at when when everything's very calm, and what the steps are on the ladder, so that they can recognise. And and most of them print it out and they've got it by the they've got it by the desk. You know, because they can say, "Oh, crikey, I'm already on rung four. I need to step back from that." And it's about being able to say to somebody, you know, on a level on my my stress ladder that's got eight runs, I'm on six. I need to take time just to come back down. Rather than saying what it is, just recognizing it and stepping down. We're all human. We all have triggers. But more often than not, the triggers are things that have not been dealt with in the past. And then something will happen in the present, and all that undealt with stuff comes rushing forward, and we react to it. And the person on the receiving end goes, What the heck just happened? Yeah. yeah, I like that. I like that. And I know that, you know, emotional intelligence is, you know, spoke about a lot out there. And I think what you're talking about here is is having that opportunity to reflect. Um, because that's a big part of emotional intelligence is understanding yourself, right? First and foremost, oh. you know, your triggers, you know, your stress um, ladder, you know, all those different aspects of it. And, you know, and if you aren't quite sure around where you're at at the moment, particularly with your emotions, if you feel like you're a highly emotional person, then it might be good to do a an emotional diary once a week saying, well, what were the things, what were those situations where I, um, you know, that my emotions came into play? Uh, and then I reacted based on those emotions. What was happening for me right there, right then? And then slowly but surely over time, you will learn from that and you'll gain the perspective to be able to, I guess, you might not deal with it completely, but you might be able to just manage it a little bit better in the workplace. That's right. And the other thing that uh, managers can do is if they feel an emotion coming up, especially before they have to have what they perceive will be a difficult conversation, is to give the emotion a physicality. I work a lot with, with my managers on this, and I am not joking. I have seen such transformations in people's self-confidence, in their ability to deal with a situation calmly and constructively, whereas in the past, 
they would have just gone off on one. And it's literally because emotions come up, we don't know what to do with it. Whereas if we give it a size, a shape, where is it in your body? Uh, is it shiny or dull? Is it rough or smooth? And then change the color of it, the shape of it, shrink it down, and then find, you know, even if it means opening the top of your head like a trapdoor and letting it out or blowing it out. Somebody popped it out through his belly button once, you know? It's amazing how, how uh, people can get really, really um, creative. The beauty of it is as soon as you give it a physicality, you can deal with it. And by you choosing the color, the shape, the size, etc., and then shrinking it down, and then the space that was once taken up by, say, that anger, what would be a better color to fill it up with? What would be a better emotion to fill it up with? And I, I've seen people in meetings doing that exact exercise, and no one's known they're doing it. But everybody sees the shift in the energy. It's so good to do. I yeah. love it. And it's practice makes perfect because it's kind of like what we're saying here is like kind of almost like name and reframe, you know, so that you're able to act in a way that, you know, better supports, I guess, you. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. Um, it's, not, it's actually not even about getting perfect because, hey, come on, <laughs> perfection is out of our reach, but it's definitely becoming proficient. Absolutely. And you get quicker at it as well, right? As yeah. you know, okay, that's yeah. it. And yeah, yeah, no, I can understand that. That sounds great. And I love that idea. I'll have to practice that and um, try and um, give it a color and a shape and see how that um, that works for me. I'll, I'll let you know um, how it goes. I'll um, you if you like. Yeah, awesome. Sounds fabulous. Um, so any barriers that you think or challenges worth mentioning that we haven't already talked about that managers can overcome? Um, maybe concern about hurting the other person. That, that quite often comes up. But, you know, one of the hardest things that I ever learned, before I did my coach training, I did a year and a half of counselling training. And I, I, no, I gave up the counselling because it was just too much in the past and I wanted to be able to help people learn from the past but look at what it is they need in the present and what is it that they want, how they want to be in the, in the future. So I did my coach training. And one of the things that I did take away from my, my counselling training was no one can make you feel any emotion unless you choose to feel it. Oh, that didn't sit well, sit well with me when I got told that because I thought, well, no, so-and-so does make me feel like this. But glad, gradually as we worked, worked it all through, I thought, that's very true. Because if you think, you know, a time where you're feeling really unhappy and somebody's going, come on, let's, let's cheer up. You think, excuse me, I'm okay where I am, thank you. I need to feel this. You will not feel happy, will you? We get to choose. And as soon as we realise that no one else can make us feel anything, that's where we step into our power. That's where we step into our power. So we've got, there's the fear of conflict, because most people are conflict averse. Uh, concern about hurting others. Uh, lack of confidence in our ability to deal with it. Um, and often 
worrying about repercussions and it doesn't matter what level you're at in your management career. I've known CEOs who have had, had issues with their execs and have said something and then they've said to me in their coaching session, oh God, I don't know what's going to happen now. You know, this either this will happen or that happen. And the worry about repercussions can be quite big. Um, we discussed about it can be emotionally uncomfortable. Sometimes we feel as if we don't have the adequate skills. Uh, and also uncertainty about the outcome because we can plan as much as we want, but we're never guaranteed how it will be. But if we don't plan, we have no hope. So we still need to plan. Um, avoidance is huge for most people because of all the stories we tell ourselves. And also, I think about, you know, when you go to address these issues, it takes a conscious effort. Not just, oh, yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. And tomorrow comes, ah, you know, because it goes in the too hard basket. Just making a conscious effort when something happens, address it in the moment or whenever is, is the best uh, time to address it, not necessarily in that meeting. You're not going to try and make somebody look stupid. You know, all that's going to show that as a manager, you're good at making people look stupid. Yeah. And nobody wants to be seen like that. So it's just about it's about picking your time and making sure that you address everything when it's the size of a grain of sand. Yeah, I love all that. And I guess, you know, managers can take away, um, you know, a whole bunch of things. You know, you could go back and write a, li all a list of all of those things and consider, you know, you know, how you're doing in each of those areas and and what are maybe the, some some of the main barriers for you in particular um, yes. that you can work on. Because once you yeah. understand them, you'll be able to work on them and then that will empower you to step into these conversations a lot easier, quicker and more timely. Definitely. Yeah. So, Gail, great conversation. I do think that we should get you back on and do a Boundaries and Expectations podcast. I think that sounds oh, like it would be a really great topic as well. <laughs> um, so we probably a few topics in there. Um, but I know that you're, you've got some wonderful services and so forth. So how can people um, reach out to you and get in contact with you? Uh, they can go to my website, uh, positivepathways.co.nz. They can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. And as I say, go download the, the ebook. It's on the front page of my uh, website. But anything to do with communication, to do with the well being of your team in terms of the behaviors, the conversations that you have, whether it's one to one or working with teams, as long as it's about communication and mindset, I love it. <laughs> I can tell. Having conversations, and uh -huh. you know, I don't have to be the queen of difficult conversations all the time. That was not my chosen uh, name. <laughs> somebody said it in a in a, a networking group, and somebody said, "Oh, I'm really struggling with this," and I'm really blessed, you know, that these ideas just come into my head. And I think because I'm living it every day, it's 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 easy, and. So this person turned around to me and says, what would you do, Gail? I said, well, this is something I've found has worked. And the person goes, oh, my God. 
can I just carry you on my shoulder wherever I go? <laughs> and then this person turned around and said, see, I told you she was a queen of difficult conversations. And that was it. It stuck. Wow. And I thought, well, actually, you know, I quite like that because I can play with it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I like your thought there around it's about experience, right? Like it's about testing certain things and each each person is different and situation will be different, but you'll build your toolkit of things around how you can approach it. But also what you do is you build your confidence to then just step into it, you know, and be respectful and, you know, live your truth. And that's going to be the probably the most powerful thing, not just for you, the manager, but for the people that you then have that ripple effect on with as well. 100%. And these are all tools that you can use in every relationship that you've got. It's not just about work. And that's yeah. why I love it, because, you know, your your personal relationships benefit. And as I said before, if we're able to pass these skills down to our children and watch them grow into empowered human beings, there's nothing better to leave another generation with, is it? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I'll have to um, think about how I can apply it to my son and see how we go. Um, but once again, thank you so much for your time, Gail. I think it's been super valuable. I'll make sure that the links to your website and the um, and LinkedIn are, are covered in the notes as well. But I um, oh, appreciate your time. It. Oh, great. I absolutely loved it. Thanks so oh, much, Lex. Not a problem at all. And thank you all for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day and um, we'll tune in for the next episode in a few weeks. Take care, everyone. Thank you for taking the time to listen to today's episode. If you have any feedback or would like us to deep dive on a specific skill, please email us at hello at manageriq.com. Thanks very much. Have a good day.